Hello, and welcome to the What If It's Not Depression podcast. Whether you're here to learn about the root causes of depressive-like symptoms, wanting to know more about alternative solutions, or you're a biohacker looking to optimize your mental health and brain, this podcast is for you. I am Dr. Achina Stein, and I will be your host on your journey to resolving depressive-like symptoms and optimizing your You're listening to the What If It's Not Depression podcast, hosted by Dr. Achina Stein. In 2008, we averaged 10 toxins per cell, both Americans and Europeans. Mm -hmm. And that's an enormous body burden, right? That's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. But in 2018, that study was repeated and we averaged 500 toxins per cell. So if you test high for heavy metals later in life and you're like, but I've never had any exposure to anything. Sure you did. You had a mom, you came from somewhere and you have to look generationally what we've all been exposed to. The burden of proving that a chemical is unsafe is on the consumer in the US. And in the European Union, it's the other way around. The burden's on the company to prove that the chemical is safe to expose the population to. In fact, just one course of antibiotics can increase your likelihood of anxiety by 19% for the following year, and by 26% increase your likelihood of depression for the following year. One of the biggest gifts about um, digging into something boring and annoying like toxins is to be able to forgive yourself and realize, oh, I'm, I'm actually a really wonderful, happy person underneath here, and I really want to do well. I wish myself well. I want to be you know, thriving. And that's still possible underneath all of this. All right. So welcome to What If It's Not Depression podcast. I'm Dr. Achina Stein, and I am interviewing today Sinclair Canale, and she is a detox expert on digestive disorders. As a certified toxicity and detox specialist and CEO of Detox Rejuvenation, she has apprenticed with world-leading functional medicine pioneers and believes that toxins are the root cause of our health epidemics today. Both she and her partner, Michael Spandel, are survivors of complex chronic illness and had to learn how to heal themselves and have turned that pain into their mission. They now help thousands of people to free themselves from digestive issues and chronic illness to get back to who they truly are. Welcome, Sinclair. Thank you so much for joining me today. I know it's been a little goofy with the internet and the Zoom. And <laughs> we made it. That's all that matters. Yeah. Yes. So I am so excited that you're here because you're going to be talking about a topic that's really, really um, not well understood, particularly when it comes to mental health. And so I would love for you to talk about your own health journey. And then I want to dive in specifically into environmental toxins and how that can be connected and cause, potentially cause depression or be a variable that can lead to depression. Perfect, I love it. Uh, well, I'm an open book, I'm happy to share. I was said, you know, a, a real basket case for a long time. <laughs> and it's so important to destigmatize it because so many people are suffering silently. And the more we talk about this together, the more we realize, one, we're not alone. Two, there might be some very good reasons for you know how, why you're feeling the way you're feeling. And three, that it's not too late to feel better. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. There is a lot you can do and it doesn't matter how long you've been suffering. It's, it's, it's just starting to make the changes and believe it or not, you can absolutely make significant changes. No, no matter how long it's been. Right. Absolutely. And, um, you know, I think it's so important to understand in asking about my story, I checked all the boxes of good reasons why I would be, um, depressed and have PTSD and, you know, serious anxiety. And I had various diagnoses, you know, which we can discuss if you want, but, yeah. um, you know, a lot of childhood trauma and survivor of multiple sexual assaults. And oh, so I thought there was really good reasons for why I was so depressed and even suicidal at times. And that it all came from the avenue of trauma. And I think that we're understanding those stressors more and more as a society. And it doesn't have to be big T trauma that scores on the ACE score. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> our, our lovely really landmark good. ACE study. Yeah. Um, just so our audience knows that the ACE score is an adverse childhood events 
um, score that you could easily look up just adverse childhood events. And yeah, go ahead. That's fine. So, you know, there are those big life events that happen for us. You know, we, I know the two of us have talked about our own paths and we certainly resonate with each other and, you know, the early childhood difficulties um, that we both went through and, you know, it doesn't have to be trauma with a big capital T though. It can be trauma with a small T ongoing stress. Mm -hmm. And that is definitely one Avenue that's a contributing factor to these mental health issues. But there's this other silent epidemic that's happening and that is um, chronic toxic exposure. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm talking about the, a range of environmental toxins that we can be exposed to in micro doses, literally in just our everyday lives. We don't have to be doing anything special in our careers. We don't have to be living in Flint, Michigan, although we'll talk about that. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and, and that can severely um, change and contribute to our mental distress and our sense of ourselves and our ability to function over time in our mental health. So just want to connect the dots today and help provide some insights so that people feel free to take care of themselves. Great. Yeah. So where, where do you want to start? Because I know that you have a whole bunch of things that you can share and we have a short amount of time. <laughs> I, I want you to tell us everything, you know, so I know you mentioned heavy metals. I don't know if that's the place to start or if you had more to say about, I mean, I know if you're willing to share more about your own health journey, you can intermix that in there and inform us of how you even figured these things out, you know, because I know you figured all of this out because you were suffering and you had to find your own way to health because nobody else was really helping you. Right. So I'm happy to share my story first, and then we can kind of use that as a diving off point. That's right. works for you. Yeah. Absolutely. So you could really think about everybody's first toxic exposure as in the womb, because mom's body's job is to offload as many minerals as possible to help build a healthy baby, right? Mm-hmm. So you're getting um, all sorts of substances pulled from every corner of the body while you're building a fetus. And unfortunately, that means that mom is your number one exposure for lead in your lifetime. And mom can also offload as much as two thirds of her own mercury burden. So if you test high for heavy metals later in life and you're like, but I've never had any exposure to anything. Sure you did. You had a mom, you came from somewhere and you have to look generationally what we've all been exposed to. So yeah, so it's not, um, and that, that goes for anybody alive today. And the younger people are, they, um, the longer they've been a part of this generational chemical era experiment, right? Which we can dive into in a little bit. So that certainly happened for me. I was the oldest. And so, you know, my mom had been um, flipping houses throughout her twenties and, you know, living the American dream with my dad and really exposed to a lot of scary stuff and not realizing it because they were just toughing it out, trying to, you know, build a life together. And so scraping the paint off of old lead houses together using horrible chemicals and getting exposed to lead and mercury and all sorts of weird stuff. Um, And I had microbiome issues from the start. I had a lot of ear infections and I had a ton of antibiotics as a kid. And I was a very happy child, but not a happy gut microbiome. And that's kind of, you know, an early, early warning sign usually. And um, that I think combined with being molested as a kid early on led to some, you know, I would have been like a very bright extroverted child. And I just got more and more anxious and more and more private about how scared and depressed I really was, you know, before I was even out of elementary school. So, but it's the combination of factors, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So by the time I was in in, uh, middle school, I'd also gotten a lot of amalgam fillings in my teeth which is mercury, tin, aluminum, and all sorts of fun things in there that do not belong in a child's body. (laughs) And by the end of middle school, I had developed a full-on eating disorder that was so bad that I couldn't finish my freshman year of high school. Hmm. And I remember being really surprised even as a kid, like wondering, why do I want to hurt myself so badly? Mm -hmm. It doesn't feel like me. You know, I, I guess this is who I really am. And I didn't know it. I didn't know I was this kind of sick person that didn't want to be well and didn't have the instincts about of people that I saw around me. I just thought something was deeply, deeply wrong with me. 
And, you know, all those signals from my body, you know, something's wrong. We have to get it out. We can't keep taking in toxins. Like I would literally see food as toxic and scary and out to hurt me. Mm. Of course, I was also eating like handy snacks, right? <laughs> whatever was available from packaged food from Costco. And it really wasn't healthy for me. And my body really couldn't tolerate it. Right. Um, so there's a lot of forgiveness that can happen the more you understand about environmental toxins and how those and trauma knit together to create mental distress that when you look backwards, one of the biggest gifts about um, digging into something boring and annoying like toxins is to be able to forgive yourself and realize, oh, I'm, I'm actually a really wonderful, happy person underneath here. And I really want to do well. I wish myself well. I want to be, you know, thriving. And that's still possible underneath all of this. Right, right. So just for the audience, so they understand how, how are you connecting the dots in terms of all of these toxins and how it changed your mental health and your behavior, even to the point of wanting to kill yourself? It's important to understand that, you know, even small exposures to things like antibiotics, antibiotics preferentially kill good, happy bacteria. Right. Right. Good, happy gut microbiomes. And so they can distort our microbiomes for the long term. In fact, just one course of antibiotics can increase your likelihood of anxiety by 19% for the following year. And by 26% increase your likelihood of depression for the following year. Mm-hmm. And if you do two courses of antibiotics in a one year period of time, your chances of um, experiencing depression and anxiety go up by over 60%. Right. Wow. Yeah, that's significant. Yeah, so it's just underscores the idea that we should approach antibiotics with care and deliberation, you know, working with your doctor, is this really necessary? And what can we do in terms of prevention to, you know, have antibiotics really be a last resort? Right. Right. Absolutely. A last resort. Yeah. I actually got off the phone just recently with a woman who uh, was consulting with me because she didn't want to take antibiotics, but she had a severe colitis with rectal bleeding, was losing weight and was underweight uh, with the BMI being very underweight, not able to eat anything and not thriving at all and couldn't function. And so it's like, you need the antibiotics, <laughs> you know? I mean, she had a severe colitis. So there's certain situations where you absolutely need antibiotics, but it is really important to weigh the benefits versus risks. That's unusual for me to say, you know, most people don't need antibiotics, you know, and there's other ways around it. But, uh, but sometimes people go to the other extreme of not taking antibiotics when they absolutely do need them because they can be life-saving in certain situations. Yeah. Once you get to a certain point where that's no longer an option, you, you really don't, it's, you don't need to fall on your sword and say, no antibiotics. <laughs> it's exactly. more about how do we, you know, make it so that that becomes irrelevant and you don't need them through lifestyle choices and prevention and safety talks ahead of time. Like Absolutely. I'm, I'm not a doctor. I'm a toxicity specialist. So I don't see patients. I see clients and mm-hmm. I don't have the right to prescribe antibiotics. And I work with colitis people all the time mm-hmm. as clients and never prescribe antibiotics because it's not in my wheelhouse. Right. And we work with them safely, but it doesn't mean we're trying to replace doctors or say, you know, blanket statements, all antibiotics are bad. It's just, we need to really understand what the impact of these things can be on our mental health. Absolutely. 100%. Totally agree. Yeah. yeah. And just so people know, if you have to take antibiotics, there are, there are ways to decrease that impact on your body by doing other things after you take those antibiotics so that you don't have these issues with depression and anxiety as a result of taking the antibiotics. Yeah. Yeah, And the more we understand about the gut health brain connection, Mm -hmm. the more we're able to, as a population, be proactive about just maintaining a healthy gut, even in an environment that doesn't really support that anymore. Yeah. <laughs> takes a little, takes being proactive today, but it's not too late. It's totally doable, even for busy, overwhelmed people. Right. And I, I just want anybody listening to know I am inherently an overworker. I'm also inherently lazy about self-care and I'm also kind of a wuss. So if I can do it, you can do it. It's never too late. <laughs> do not have to be perfect. <laughs> just do it. Starts with understanding why it's important and loving yourself enough to start making some changes. Absolutely. Absolutely. So yeah, antibiotics absolutely could be a toxin, can act as toxins to your body. Yeah. 
Yeah, and actually most pharmaceuticals are really hard on the liver and have been linked to um, anxiety and depression. Like we often get people who have severely compromised livers and digestive disorders. Mm -hmm. And it turns out that they took Accutane as teenagers, mm -hmm. just so hard on the liver, so yeah. hard. <laughs> but it can be detoxed out. You just need to be really deliberate. Wow. Great. Yeah. So, so um, when you ask like, what's the connection between the toxins and my mental issues, you know, I can trace back my, my first factors toward, you know, heading towards depression with, you know, a lot of antibiotics as a little kid, a lot. And then a lot in junior high, cause I had like constant strep throat. Mm. And um, that really turned out to be undiagnosed pandas. And I don't know if you've had that conversation with Dr. Elisa Song or someone like that. Yeah. It'd be great to have on the show to discuss, you know, the link between pandas and um, neurological issues. So, you know, when you're loading your body up with these poisons that, you know, might be useful in the moment, but have an aftermath, it's really important to understand that connection. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't take that much of environmental exposure to things like, you know, I mentioned the amalgams that I had put in my mouth as a kid. Right. These things don't work by themselves. They work in tandem. So like when it comes to environmental toxins and how they affect our mental health, one plus one does not equal two. One plus one equals 11. Mm -hmm. Because take the most common herbicide in the world, um, mm -hmm. glyphosate, which is the active ingredient in Roundup from our lovely friends at Monsanto. <laughs> We're using four and a half billion pounds of that a year annually worldwide. Mm -hmm. And all it takes is a little bit in your system to interact with aluminum and mercury. And suddenly those are more toxic properties and they're much harder on our guts and our mental health than they would have been by themselves. Right. So these things all fold together. Um, and we're just living in a giant experiment right now. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. What did you do next? How did you figure all of this out? Um, so I toughed it out <laughs> throughout my teenage years. And, and, you know, I don't often disclose this, but because this is about mental health and we'll say that I, I struggled repeatedly with several several periods of suicidal level depression and attempts mm. from, you know, about 13 into my late twenties. The very last period was, you know, after I was 30 mm. and we really took a while to understand um, how all these things fit together. So how, <laughs> how did I feel this back? Well, I didn't, I had actually given up and I was trying to drink myself to death. And it was my loving partner, Michael, who figured out that um, he was attending a toxicology conference run by European doctors and parasitologists and toxicologists and, and called me and said, I know what's wrong with both of us. Mm. And it was really him convincing me stop giving up. It's time to come back to the world. Let's start chipping away at this. Let's try, you know, these different things and see what works. Various at-home detox modalities. You know, there's so much garbage out on the internet that we tried a lot of weird stuff before we found <laughs> healthcare practitioners that could be trusted. Right, right. But that was actually the real, that was the first thing that had worked. I'd spent thousands and thousands of dollars and decades in therapy and talk therapy. And, you know, I'd learned all the models. I was a group facilitator for all this. And, mm -hmm. you know, I did a lot of one-to-one -one client work and, you know, trying to help people with somatic release of, you know, PTSD and various things, because that was so close to my heart. I lived through it. And I thought, you know, the adverse childhood events and right. um, scary things that happened to us were the only factor. So I wasn't looking outside of that lens until he really dragged me into the toxicology world. That is fantastic. So yeah, I, I mean, you're demonstrating to me, because I, I say this often, that you can't talk all this away and you can't medicate it away with medications. These are, these are functional issues. These are things that are going on in the body that you're never gonna be able to talk away. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. so I'm, yeah. I'm so glad that you actually even took a deep dive and, you know, into the psychotherapy realm and, and found that like, this was not working. And I, I often say that, you know, if you find that you can, you're talking about the same thing over and over and over again, and things aren't changing, then it's not about that anymore. <laughs> and to look deeper on a, on a physiological or functional way. 
Absolutely. You know, and I, I'm not here to knock therapy. I just want to widen the lens so that people can get the relief that they're really seeking. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I think therapy was helpful in its way for me, but it didn't get at the root cause Mm -hmm. of what was going on for me. I do believe that we need to be witnessed when we're healing. So I fully affirm, however you can feel yourself witnessed, whether it's in, you know, your, your spiritual and religious life or, um, you know, your community or, you know, with practitioners of various forms, Mm -hmm. it's wonderful to be witnessed in the healing journey. We're, we're communal beings, right? Of course we want that. Yes. Yeah, I agree. I'm a trained psychotherapist in in multiple modalities. And I do psychotherapy with a lot of my patients and, um, and, you know, there's limitations to it. So there's a lot that can be resolved dynamics and relationships. There's, you know, your just cognitive distortions. And so certainly there's a place for psychotherapy. You know, I was just pointing out that there's a a time when you're like, okay, I've talked enough talk and I'm not getting any better where you reach a plateau and it's like, okay, then we need to go because there's the biological realm, the psychological realm, the social realm, and then there's the functional realm. And you really need to look at all areas. Um, And so that's how I know in trying to inform people that, you know, if you've done the talk therapy and you've really gone through all of the areas and you really feel like you've kind of like put the past, the trauma in the past, you know, and, but you're not feeling better, then maybe there's other things to look at. Absolutely. You know, I I will share one um, quick story about how I made a mistake detoxing on my own, which is why we always want to always recommend working with a trained professional um, <laughs> when approaching your own detox. Um, I was trying mobilizing tinctures because I was far enough along in my health journey that I understood, okay, I've taken the tests. I do test high for heavy metals, mercury, aluminum, lead, you know, the usual culprits. And, um, I understand that there's a connection between those and my mental health symptoms and, you know, all the things that I've been diagnosed with by then, which was Lyme, mold, pandas, you know, all that stuff, because none of this exists in a vacuum, right? Right. Those, um, you know, factors are, are opportunists when, when your land, when the terrain inside is already, um, toxic, Mm. right? Mm -hmm. When your immune system is already compromised and out of balance and you have, your body's already overwhelmed and not able to drain out, you know, the waste and toxins the way it wants to and the way it was really designed to do. Right. So I already knew that. And I was trying. um, (laughs) So I had one amalgam filling left. I was like, it's just one. It's not that big a deal. It's been in for 25 years. Like who cares? I'm sure all the toxins, you know, all the mercury's already evaporated out of it. And I can't afford to, you know, remove it right now. I'll just try um, this cilantro tincture to help mobilize the mercury that's in the rest of my body. And I took a big squirt of it and I didn't understand that cilantro is a mobilizer, but not a binder. And so it will mobilize um, things like mercury, like in a serious way, which means it comes, helps toxins come out of storage and start causing damage and distress elsewhere in the body without actually helping to safely excrete it, which is what you want to do with something like heavy metals. You right. need to pull them out of storage safely in a way where they are already chemically bound. And so they're actually inert mm-hmm. because they're bound to a binder and they can get all the way out the door without causing further damage. But I didn't know that. <laughs> so <laughs> I took a big squirt of cilantro and I actually went into a full psychotic episode. Um, wow. I was standing in the kitchen and I, I basically like banged my way you know, across the downstairs, all the way to the couch in my living room, because I knew I had to get away from the kitchen because all I wanted to do was stab myself to death. Oh my gosh. And it was like, oh, this is a really familiar feeling. (laughs) This is at my darkest, scariest, most private moments. This is what I wanted to do to myself was just make myself disappear by hurting myself. Mm. And, um, it was that cilantro touching the, you know, the concentrated tincture touching that last amalgam filling that gave me this, you know, extreme moment of that, like, oh, okay, there's a connection here. This really is real. Mm-hmm. It's not all in my head. There isn't, an, I mean, it, I, I was when I finally like fully got on board with the idea that heavy metals actually are a contributing factor to mental health. Right. And luckily my boyfriend was there and he was able to hold on to me and hold me down. So I didn't hurt myself and he's a therapist or he was a therapist. 
yeah. before he went into the world of toxins. <laughs> so he was a convert, uh -huh. able to keep me safe while that passed. But it's a really fat, and I just tell that story because I want to destigmatize this for people. And um, I want you to understand that if you're still carrying things like amalgam fillings in your mouth, even if they're 25 years old, like mine, <laughs> it's worth getting them out safely with a biological dentist that knows how to do that. And it's worth taking a look at where these heavy metals have gone into storage in your body and how to get them out safely so that you can really feel like yourself again. Right, right, yeah. Wow, that is an incredible story. <laughs> that is an incredible story. Well, it's interesting now that it's over and way in the past. <laughs> so much. Uh, that is so. Thank you for being so vulnerable. You know, as that, you know, you know, that's a really wonderful story to tell people because I think it's important, especially when it comes to psychosis and mania. You know, which can be really scary uh, for people who have them, but also people around them. And because they just aren't familiar, you know, and, and don't know really what to do. It's, you know, it's, that's different than the, the garden variety anxiety and depression, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's all, it's all real. It's all worthy of, of care and love and, and healing. It's just, mm -hmm. you know, it's so, it's okay for that to be true for you. Right. How many, how long did it take for you to feel well? Once you learned that it was all toxins for you. How long did it take for you to feel well? Because I think that's really important for people to know, you know, that's how a long great question. are. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, well, I approached it all wrong because I didn't have a good guide. <laughs> so we tried a lot of stuff out of order. So, you know, when, when we help people now, we, we work with them between, you know, three months to a year usually. Mm -hmm. um, but for me, it was about three years because mm -hmm. I was intermittently trying things. My, you know, my, um, commitment level will go up and down depending on what, whether or not I really felt this was possible for me, mm -hmm. you know, all that. But the truth is you can feel so much relief in a short period of time. As soon as you start to support your body at a nutritional level and to um, start neutralizing the toxins that are in play right then. Um, so you're giving your, you're finally giving your body enough energy to actually deal with the problems. That's you know component number one in a real detox mm -hmm. and supplying nutrition in a way that your gut can actually absorb when it's been compromised. That's a real trick and needs to be understood because things that worked 10 years ago don't work today. Right. In 2008, we averaged 10 toxins per cell, both Americans and Europeans. Mm -hmm. And that's an enormous body burden, right? That's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. But in 2018, that study was repeated and we averaged 500 toxins per cell. Wow. This is a rapidly developing picture. We are, we are really hitting critical mass right now. So it's important to understand that um, in that kind of toxic environment, your gut is compromised and you need to be able to get in nutrition in a way that is the least amount of work possible for your gut to absorb. Right. Because any gut in dysbiosis under that kind of toxic distress is going to develop funky behaviors and preferences and have very difficult time absorbing things. So if you understand that and you provide energy at the cellular level and nutrition that your body can actually absorb, and then you work at the detox of opening the drainage pathways and absorbing the chemicals and safely excreting them, this can take a lot less time than it took me. Like it really took me like three real years, but several years of like sort of leading up to that. And you know, trying a bunch of things for decades that didn't work. And well, you didn't have a guide. You know, you were trying yeah. to figure it out by yourself. <laughs> it's scary, right? Yeah, you didn't really have a guide. Yeah. So. But I will tell you that um, I, the first time I really hit on a, my first therapy that supported detox, and I don't recommend doing this by yourself. I did this wrong. <laughs> but um, we went on an all juicing protocol for two weeks. Um, Michael convinced me to do this and I was like at my wit's end and I couldn't eat anything anyway. I was down to like three foods I could stand without throwing them up. Um, and my vision came back, you know, it became much more clear. I could actually see colors again. I felt like my soul could breathe. It was like, oh my God, maybe this is who I am. Maybe I'm not that scary, dark, weird person that can't fit with anybody that can't connect with anybody that, you know, misses all the social signals, super isolated and just wants to not be on this planet anymore. Mm -hmm. Maybe there's actually something good left inside. And I felt that really quickly, mm -hmm. just what you saying. 
And I was juicing all the wrong things that were super irritating to my gut, but it's such a testament. Like you just try something. <laughs> you know, finally get some nutrition in there. It's, you know, good things can happen. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's really the key. It's knowing specifically what's the right thing for you. And it's really important to work with someone so that they can guide you through that process. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, my my manic episodes, the deep depression, the social anxiety, the um, it wasn't really agoraphobia so much as, um, but it was very it, it was it wasn't textbook agoraphobia, but I had some really strange behaviors about being in spaces and not being able to tolerate certain sized rooms mm-hmm. and not being able to tolerate being at home because that's where I felt my emotions the strongest. So I would stay out in public places for as long as possible, mm-hmm. but only in public places where I could have a certain distance from other people and in certain lighting, like I couldn't tolerate most lighting. Mm-hmm. That's also a sign that you need to detox by the way, because right. if you're exposed to certain levels of mercury and you're in fluorescent lighting and get really agitated by it, the mercury in those tubes are resonating at a frequency that's kind of activating and agitating the mercury that's stored in you mm-hmm. and mercury and, um, as well as many heavy metals, but mercury is lipophilic, which means it'll get stored in things like your glands, your brain and your fat tissue. Right. So you don't want mercury in your brain getting agitated by those fluorescent lights. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, when you when you have metals in your body, it's also in your brain. You know. You know. <laughs> it sounds so obvious, but it needs to be said. <laughs> you know it's it what kills me is that you know the the only testing that anybody ever does to rule out any medical causes is just a cbc a complete blood count a a comprehensive metabolic panel a tsh and a urinalysis you know and that's that's it like your analysis of what you know (laughs) yeah You know, it's, it's to rule out, you know, medical causes and then you can be admitted to the psychiatric unit because there's nothing medical going on. And so the, you know, so yes, there's nothing medically acute going on, but there's lots of chronic conditions that can affect your brain. (laughs) And that's the piece that's missing. It's not looking at how uh, chronic disease in your body does affect your brain in such various ways and just the way that you explained it so yeah it's like i'll do you mind if i share something go go right in okay um (laughs) i get excited (laughs) (laughs) so when um just to circle back to like glyphosate that we mentioned you know just a bit ago glyphosate for for those playing along um is that active ingredient in monsanto's very popular um herbicide roundup Mm -hmm. right and so its job is supposedly to kill off weeds that don't belong near roundup resistant roundup ready crops Mm -hmm. um and unfortunately even if you're eating an all-organic diet these days you're still getting exposed to glyphosate because we're just using so much of it and glyphosate is patented as a chelator, which mm-hmm. means it's very good at stripping whatever it touches of those happy, healthy minerals that we need to function and are absolutely essential for neurological health. Mm, absolutely. Right? So we're all walking around depleted because we ate some traditionally grown fruit food that had glyphosate directly sprayed on it, or we ate organic grains and felt very virtuous about it, but glyphosate still got sprayed on those. It's still legal to do that as to speed up the harvesting process to make the harvesting more financially viable for them um, because it dries out the grains quicker. Right. So that's still legal. And glyphosate is now in 75% of our air and water samples throughout the US. Right, right. That's nuts. So we're getting micro doses of exposure to this patented chelator. And guess what? Glyphosate is also patented as an antibiotic. So we're getting a microdose of an antibiotic every day, wherever we go, no matter how clean a lifestyle we're living. And um, glyphosate disrupts your gut lining. So all these exquisite rules that your gut has about, oh, some aluminum came in with um, our meal. That's fine. We can get that out through the stool. No problem. That'll go out through the bowels. That's okay. But if you have a leaky gut, Aluminum can now go anywhere. And because it's lipophilic, it will end up in the brain. Right. Right. And it will start distorting, you know, some basic 
really integral processes that you need to be doing every day. And glyphosate, because it disrupts your gut lining, is not only um, allowing things like heavy metals to go through, but also you know pieces of food and, and just like all those those really intelligent rules that your body has about what can go where just go out the window. So brain fog can go up just from a leaky gut. You know, feelings of reactivity and anxiety can go up just from that alone, mm -hmm. uh, because your body is reacting and feels under attack. Right. So I know we're all like blaming social media, and I'm not a fan of social media, so I understand this blaming social media for our cultural reactivity right now. Right. But it's so much more than that because we're also getting exposed to things like this that really do make us feel like we're under attack all the time, and it can take just small amounts. Absolutely. And the last big aha for me that I got out of, you know, learning about glyphosate as boring as this all sounds, it's got major effects on all of us because it impacts every major organ lining the same way it does the gut. It's not just about leaky gut and gut health when it comes to glyphosate. Leaky gut means leaky brain means leaky vessels um, or leaky veins. It means um, because all of our organ barriers function the same way and glyphosate can distort all of them. So if you have a leaky brain, how healthy and happy are you going to feel right. in terms of mental health? Right. Yeah. There are so many toxins. I mean, that's one major one. Yeah, it's just one. <laughs> that's just one. I mean, there's hundreds uh, of chemicals that are on the market without any proof that they are safe. You know? Yes. <laughs> and and that is um you know they don't follow the united states does not follow the precautionary principle where they do in the eu and i heard that they might i mean they might change that in the eu but i hope not they're safer there in terms of what they're they put out on the market but i think money talks and the trade of different products it requires sometimes for them to change the rules if people demand it and but they don't they're not really understanding how some of these products are really contaminating our bodies and our environment and our body's not able to keep up and it doesn't know what to do with some of these chemicals because it's so foreign to you know the cells of our body yeah it's really essential to understand but you you put that so well for, for those that don't understand what we're talking about, the burden of proving that a chemical is unsafe is on the consumer in the US. And in the European Union, it's the other way around, the burden's on the company to prove that the chemical is safe to expose the population to. So we have it backwards here. And mm -hmm. you know we think, oh, we're in a developed country, all this thinking is being done for us, we're protected, right? If it's on the market, you know there are safety standards in place. And the truth is there really aren't. Nope. <laughs> The EPA does not have the legal authority to stop a toxin from being um, marketed as safe until it's finally been proven otherwise. You know, so you need like years down the line and, and it takes so long to get through the legal system with that. And there's over 84,000 chemicals right. on the market right now. That's right. insane. Yeah. And, and what people also need to know is that it's not just one chemical. So there are some safety standards where they'll say, okay, this much of um, cyanocobalamin, right? <laughs> cyanocobalamin is B12, vitamin B12, that is a cyanide molecule attached to a cobalamin molecule. Cy People know what cyanide is. And so they literally attach a cyanide molecule to a cobalamin molecule, that's your vitamin B12. So in most um, stores, you know, Rite Aids and uh, pharmacies and grocery stores, Walmart, you know, they'll have cyanocobalamin as your B12 option. And the reason they do that is because it makes them more shelf stable. It doesn't degrade and it could be on the shelf for years. And so that way they don't lose their profit and so that you can utilize it. And so the understanding is, is that, well, your body should have enough energy to remove that cyano, that cyanide molecule from the B12 molecule and eliminate it. So if, and you know, yes, it does that in a healthy body, but you know, in a relatively healthy body, but if you're unhealthy, how is it going to get rid <laughs> of you know, it's, it's going to take a lot of energy at some point. And then, so that's just one chemical. And uh, so that's one thing I wanted to say, but the government allows companies to have a certain amount of, 
you know, of these toxins in our environment thinking, oh, well, we have research that shows that if it's under this level, it's fine. It, your body should be able to eliminate it. But it doesn't look at the, the additive effects of all of the chemicals <laughs> together that you're burdening your body. And so here you have cyanocobalamin, you think you're helping yourself taking B12, but that's just one little chemical <laughs> that can really affect your body over time in combination with all of these other things that you're also being exposed to over and over and over again. And so we don't look at the cumulative effect of these, of these chemicals, of these toxins. And that's what really needs to be addressed um, overall. So well said. Hmm. What a great example that really drive it home. Um, this, this, it, it's true because it's, you know, manufacturers really are not on the hook for the cumulative burden that we experience. But that really is the reality that we're all dealing with. Right. And, you know, with just one herbicide like glyphosate, you know, creating this open, you know, leaky gut lining so that things are, you know, going willy nilly throughout the body. And then you add in something like, oh, I'm being so virtuous taking my B12. <laughs> Your liver's already overburdened. Things are leaking and going everywhere. You know, it's estimated that we have over 20,000 different toxic substances in, in your body today. Right. And your body has to work very hard to keep them separate so to not set up secondary and tertiary reactions that would cause further damage. Right. So one of the many reasons why we're all overweight and anxious. Right. <laughs> because right. your body's trying to keep that those toxins as far away from your vital organs as possible. Like, oh, if I can't get rid of this, it's got to go somewhere. I got to tuck it away. Right. right. So. Absolutely. So yeah. And uh, you know, there's research that shows that babies are born with toxins. There's over, it's old research now, but uh, you know, over 250 chemicals uh, in cord blood, you know, when the baby's born. And so already that baby is full of toxins, just like you said you were, you know, yeah. so, it's, yeah. um, I think the latest study I saw was over 400 toxins on average in the umbilical cord tested today. And over 97% of placentas tested have microplastics in them, which are endocrine disruptors. Right. Right. Yep. Place an enormous body burden. Um, on a, an itty bitty little one that shouldn't have to be dealing with that. Right. Yes. And endocrine disruptors, just so people know, are act like estrogens and they attach to estrogen receptors and act as an estrogen. And it can cause what we call, you know, in the functional medicine world, you know, estrogen dominance. <laughs> so, which can then lead to fibroids, fibrocystic breast disease, PMS, um, all sorts of issues, <laughs> you know, related to hormones. Um, yeah. So I wanted you to talk more about, uh, you mentioned Flint. There mm. was, some, yeah, the town of Flint and the toxin burdens. Yeah. What was that that you wanted to tell us? Uh, a couple of things. I, I mean, obviously the situation there is important. So for people that don't know, um, the city of Flint, Michigan has um, long had dangerously high levels of lead in the water and city officials and state officials failed to take action to protect the residents. But the truth is, as much as we know about how lead damages the body and lowers IQ at any age, not just little ones, but everybody, there's a, a, a secondary component, you know, and Dr. Stephanie Senef talks about this. She's the world's leading researcher on glyphosate, that herbicide I keep mentioning, um, she pointed out that um, in the surrounding areas around Flint, Michigan, there's monocropping of sugar beets with heavy, heavy glyphosate usage. And since glyphosate is a chelator, once that gets into the groundwater and into the municipal water, because, so a chelator, remember guys listening, um, actually strips minerals from what they are bound to and mobilizes them, both good and bad. So you could be pulling lead out of lead pipes at a rate far faster when glyphosate is present in your water than would happen otherwise. And it's really important to understand that, um, you know, these, it's just a great example to drive home. These things do not act in isolation and they all have a cumulative effect on our mental and physical health. And there's actually over 12,000 districts that have the same level of lead in their water in the US today. Hmm. That's a lot. This is not just one, you know, beleaguered town that we need to support 
right. and actually have real solutions for this is this is a, a real crisis for all of us and lead has been linked to you know depression anxiety and serious depressive diagnoses that are you know considered untreatable except through heavy heavy medication mm -hmm. when in truth you know you really don't know what's possible for you until you actually deal with the heavy metals head on in a safe way mm -hmm. right wow yeah. So what do you think, what can you tell us about uh, what people can start doing right now? You know, obviously I, I know you, this is your wheelhouse. This, this is what you can help people to do um, if they start, wanted to start uh, working with someone. And uh, I'll certainly share your contact information with the show notes, but um, what are some of the things that people can do right now to help themselves? that you so, learned the hard yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's so much that you can do on your own, in your own home. You know, the first step you've already taken today, just by listening along to our conversation, by understanding and connecting the dots that environmental toxins, even a small amount of them, you going about your normal daily life, you're getting exposed to the heavy metals we've already mentioned that are linked to all sorts of mental health issues, like everything from anxiety to depression to agoraphobia to, you know, social anxiety to bipolar, um, you know, the list goes on and on and, uh, bouts of rage. That's a fun one. I used to have that. <laughs> oh, the joy of being alive. <laughs> um, so it doesn't take much. You don't have to be in an exotic location. You need to have your eyes open and understand that it's, you didn't ask for this environmental, you know, toxin exposure but it is your job to fix it and be your own advocate. Right. So start, you know, looking at things with your eyes wide open and understand that if your body doesn't see something as nutrition, as, you know, an actual nutrient that is supportive and it's coming into the body, either through breathing it in or contact on the skin or ingesting it, um, it sees it as extra work and you're already maxed out in terms of your ability to excrete waste and toxins. Mm -hmm. So go for simplicity less ingredients, the better, you know, start reading your labels. If there's stuff on there that you can't pronounce or don't understand, it doesn't belong in your body. Right. And there is no agency protecting you from things that are not food ending up in your food. There just isn't. Right. And so, so there's a way to do that. There's a, an app called think dirty that you can download and you can just basically scan the labels of things and it'll tell you whether or not it's safe for you. And it is pretty amazing. Even within certain brands, uh, you'll find um, like Neutrogena might have parts of some products under Neutrogena that are, are safe and others that are not. So they're not really paying attention <laughs> themselves. Well, they're you paying know? attention to the bottom line. Yes, absolutely. And it's so, all on purpose. <laughs> and you have to, you do have to check repeatedly because they might put a product out and say that it's safe. And then later on, they'll change their formulation and then it becomes unsafe. Absolutely. So you so, have to repeatedly check these things. Exactly. That's really well said. And that includes your nutrition Um labels that, I mean, your nutritional companies that you trust and supplement companies that you trust because they get acquired all the time. Nestle's been on a huge acquiring streak of health brands, you know, probiotics, supplements, all that. And those formulas start changing as soon as somebody buys them up, you know? So it's, it, you need to be your own advocate and think dirty is a wonderful resource mm -hmm. and think about simplifying your food. It's so hard to do when you feel exhausted and anxious and already overwhelmed by life. But the, the more you could shop the perimeter of the store and think in terms of whole foods and learn how to cook very simple meals of real produce, you know, real um, things that like I call them dirt candy, you know, the earth actually made it or, you know, it's actually an actual animal and not something processed and weird. That's wonderful. Um, and so you want to start leaning towards that in your life and thinking about easy to digest, easy to absorb nutrition because your body's already overwhelmed. So how can you be really loving? to this beautiful body that will literally never stop fighting for you until its very last breath. Mm -hmm. It's always on your side and it wants to feel good. And it's right. really brilliant at managing itself if you can just understand how to support it in this strange modern era that we're in. Mm -hmm. So one of the most important things you can do is limit your exposure. Yes, you can't get away from air pollution. Yes, 
our food crops have been compromised and our soil is depleted, but you're still your number one exposing factor. And so the things that you bring into your home really matter and you are a choice about that. Like if it's not real food, it shouldn't belong on your skin. You know, we want to really minimize what we're, what we're doing. I changed, you know, my hair products, my, you know, my makeup, my personal care, I, you know, I rarely ever put on makeup. I did for you. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm the same way. I I mean, I don't wear nail polish. I used to have those fills or whatever they call the the acrylic uh, nails for years. And I yeah. So it was it was back in 2010 I took them off. (laughs) It's not you. Yeah, Yeah, those are crazy endocrine disruptors. We don't need that. They really are. But yeah, no no perfumes, no deodorant, no. I don't use any of those things. You know. Yeah, and that's something we have to normalize. Like I. I'm sure some people listening to this, you know, I, I did go to a very hippie high school once I got kicked out of my public school for being too anorexic to be safe. <laughs> oh, wow. um, but I, you know, so I've been around a lot of dirty hippies in my time, but you don't have to be, you don't have to smell gross. Right. Well, <laughs> it's you know, just about finding your happy medium. You know, if you smell, a lot of people don't realize that, you know, odor is not normal. <laughs> so, so that means you have to detox. <laughs> yeah. It's like, think about a garbage bag, right? If, I mean, if you're constipated and your liver is not detoxing, if you, if it's, it's a garbage bag with trash is going to smell, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? So yes. if you don't put out the trash of your body, right? You're going to smell. <laughs> so basic. Yeah. If you have these like, heavy metals and microplastics and toxins that we're talking about. Guess who loves to thrive in that environment? Super stinky microbes. Right. They eat that for lunch. They literally do. They love it. Yes. So (laughs) tangent aside, one of the things that you can do for yourself is to think about anytime you bring something into your home, is this going to off gas? Is this going to increase our well-being or is it going to decrease my family's well-being? And it really is that simple. So, you know, every piece of furniture or particle board, you know, cheap something that was made in China comes at a cost to your health because it's off gassing for years. So if you have stuff like that in your home, you don't have to throw it out, but at least open your windows for at least an hour a day because the air outside, even with air pollution is going to be far cleaner than what is in your home, sometimes by hundreds of times over. Yes, your home could be the That's free. Your home is the most toxic environment because of the windows being closed and contained. And so, so, you know, maybe, I don't know if everyone knows what off-gassing is. Maybe if you can explain what that means and what kinds of uh, things off-gas, what do you mean by off-gassing? Sure. So off-gassing is just, um, it's, it, it actually is kind of what it sounds like. So it's that, um, you know, chemical compounds vaporize at room temperature and emanate from whatever they were initially deposited in, whether it's particle board in your cheap Ikea dresser or, you know, the polyfill foam in your upholstered chair or, um, you know, other things that can off gas are things that are really designed to emanate like the Glade air fresheners full of phthalates and volatile organic compounds um, and even molds. Um, off-gas volatile organic compounds. They're called mycotoxins. And that's, that is what's so toxic about mold, Right. Um, is, is the poisons that they release into the air. And they're doing that to help kill off happy beneficial microbes so that they, molds, can take over without um, as much competition. Right, right. So survival so, strategy. Yeah, so paint, paint off-gases. Absolutely. Carpeting, um, enamels, laminates. Yeah. Carpets. Those are a big no-no if you're not feeling well. And yeah. I know it's hard to let go, but it's an easy thing to get rid of. Right. Mattresses off gas. So Absolutely. furniture, I mean, a lot of furniture. So it is important to look for that when you uh, decide to buy a new piece of furniture. And so we're not saying throw out all your furniture. <laughs> we're saying to educate yourself and to think about you know, in the future that if, if you are thinking about having, getting another piece of furniture to be conscious of that and to investigate that with the company. Yeah. And do whatever you can within your budget. And at the very least open all your windows for at least an hour a day. You know, even in the cold months, Michael and I, 
keep the door closed to the bedroom and keep the windows open to kind of keep the heat in the rooms that we're using. And then, you know, we go in and close the window a little bit before bed so that we're walking into fresh air, mm -hmm. you know, and that was especially important before we could afford to replace our gross off-gassing mattress. <laughs> Because <laughs> it's a process, it's an investment, right? <laughs> right. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, yeah, furniture can be very, very expensive. So the, that's what you yeah. can do in 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 the meantime is to open your windows uh, yeah. once in a while. Um, very easy to do. So that cleaning up your food, having as you know as few additives as possible. If there's preservatives in your food, that's for the company's benefit to extend a product's shelf life, it's not for your benefit. It's actually really hard on your body. So start getting more and more curious about how you can eat simply in a way that's easy on your body, that doesn't require packaged foods like that, that are have so many chemicals in them, it's unbelievable. Um, and clean up your water source. Right. Um, we can link in the show notes, the, the water database, if you want, so people mm -hmm. can look up their zip code, but you will also need to know if you're gonna do that, guys, um, that you're going to find some things that you don't like <laughs> in your water and understand that your municipal water um, district is not set up to filter out some of the biggest things they're not even testing for microplastics antibiotic waste you know uh, herbicides and pesticides these aren't getting counted they're only looking at heavy metals and radiation so if you want to have the cleanest water possible, you do not have to invest in a super expensive reverse osmosis filter. In fact, those mold within months and they don't get rid of really important things like fluoride, even if they have an additional bone char filter on top that will reduce your exposure to things like fluoride, mm -hmm. um, but it will not remove all the fluoride. So the cheapest thing you can do is get a small water distiller off of Amazon Mm -hmm. I like the brand Mega Home because it's really easy to clean and maintain. They don't break, mm -hmm. they're very cheap. Um, and use that for your drinking and cooking water. And I promise your relationship to hydrating yourself is going to change once your body knows it can count on clean water. Right. Yeah. I use the Berkey filter myself. Yeah, I used to too. And I know that's really popular. Um, even with the fluoride add-on filters, it only guarantees that up to 250 gallons. And for a family, mm -hmm. um, that really only lasts a few weeks. Mm. So um, it doesn't get out a lot of the um, toxins that we just mentioned. Mm -hmm. And that's really concerning. But you, I, I invite you guys to try it at home. Like you, you can take advantage of Amazon's you know, return policy, mm -hmm. you know, pour your Berkey water filter into <laughs> your water into the distiller and then peek inside and see what's left over after a few batches. Oh, that's, uh, I'm going to do that. Yeah. Yeah. So mention the name again, Mega. I like the Mega Home ones. Mega Home. Mega Home. Yeah. Um, and it's really easy water distiller to use. I'm technophobic and <laughs> if I can set it up, you can set it up. And so I just take it out of the box, plug it in. <laughs> cool. No, no, yeah. that's really great. Yeah. So Mega Home is the water a water distiller. Mm -hmm. And people listening along, um, you know, just to finish the loop on this, you might be thinking, oh, but doesn't distilled water pull out important minerals? And um, that's actually a widely misunderstood thing that's been debunked by Cornell and Yale and a couple other places. Um, distilled water act is hungry water and it will wash through the body and pick up non-bioavailable minerals. So things that your body considers junk and toxins because they're not in a format that you can use mm -hmm. and it will wash those away, um, but it will not pick up bioavailable minerals. And that's, you know, the actual format of minerals that your body needs to, you know, function. Right. Wow. That's great. That's a great distinction. Thank you for explaining all of that. Yeah, this has been really, really fantastic information. And I'm, you know, I'm trying to think of, oh, well, I have you here for 10 more minutes. What can I pull from you? Because <laughs> you are a wealth of information and you're just so passionate about, uh, you know, everything that you're talking about. And I just love the fact that you're just explaining how it all connects to to mental health, but we need to wrap it up. <laughs> and I, I would want people to know that they have the power 
to make changes in their life. And if you're listening to this and you have mental health challenges and you're on medication, I think you can continue to take those medications and start working on some of the things that we're talking about and certainly finding someone who, who can help you do it in the way that's right for you, but to know that these things are possible and that you can work on all of these things simultaneously. It doesn't have to be either or, because, you know, sometimes I see people stopping their medications and then doing this, you don't need to stop the medications. So continue to take whatever medications that are keeping you relatively stable, start pulling these things out because believe it or not, as you do this work, you're going to be on a little bit of a roller coaster, (laughs) you know? And so you do need those medications to buffer you. Uh, in that, in those times. And then once you're feeling really well, then you'll know, you'll know when is the right time to start tapering, not stopping, tapering one at a time. If you're on more than one medication, you know, one at a time tapering medications off and with, you know, under supervision with a, with a uh, competent physician who knows how to do that. And uh, while working with someone like Sinclair. So it's, uh, so that That's you can do distinction. Yes. It's really, yes. really important to do that safely because as she's explained her own, <laughs> her own trials with finding herself, uh, you know, on her own health journey, you could, some of the things that she's gone through is pretty scary. And so, um, yeah. and fortunately she had uh, a partner who understood what was going on, was able to support her through that. Whereas other people might just give up. And it sounds like you did give up at points, right? I was trying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, you know, hopefully we can shorten other people's journeys, given what, you, what you've talked about and um, helping people, you know, go through this uh, in a much easier, smoother fashion. <laughs> yeah, that's so beautifully said. Thank you for sharing that um, because it's so true. We want to think about this in terms of stability for you and for your life while you're doing the deep cleanout work. So that it's really important to um, work with a knowledgeable practitioner who can help you. We like to say that it, um, you know, the ultimate goal is to make medications unnecessary and irrelevant, but you don't do that by pulling yourself off of them before you've been supported. Right. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. So um, is there anything that you would like to add that, that maybe we haven't touched upon at all that you think is really, really important to, to state at this point? Um, I, I really wanna recap because mm-hmm. um, I know that this can be an overwhelming conversation and, and detox and toxicity is a long learning curve and that's okay. If you're feeling like that right now, that's normal, <laughs> just so you know. And it's important to approach this um, entire topic with um, curiosity and grace for yourself. You know, when I was starting to detox, I was still, painting my toenails with nail polish because I hated my body so much. And it felt like one way I could be rebellious and reclaim and be deliberate about how my body looked and felt, you know, and I would never put nail polish on myself again today, but it's it's all a process, you know, don't shame yourself. Don't shame anybody else. Do what you need to do to get through the day and start angling towards a cleaner, simpler life, because it really is true. The solution to pollution is dilution. Uh, (laughs) So hydrate, simplify, get these things out slowly, a little bit at a time. And like Dr. Achina says, you know, just give yourself grace and support. If you are on medications right now, it doesn't mean you will be for forever, but you want to be really responsible with how you approach those. I was on SSRIs and uppers, downers, ADD medication. And when I would try to take myself off of them, I would end up in the fetal position. Mm -hmm. Like you don't need to do that to yourself. Right. Right. Yeah. So I just want to say that if you are struggling with your mental health and you are experiencing anxiety and depression, you are not alone Mm. and it is not too late and you are entirely worthy of love and care. You totally belong here. We want to see you thriving and healthy and we are rooting for you, you know, both of us and your body is absolutely brilliant Mm -hmm. and it never forgets how to heal itself. We just want to be deliberate about supporting it in this really strange era that we're living in. So you're not alone. Absolutely. Sing it, sister. <laughs> I know. Now you're going to make me cry. We, before we started the show, we were both like crying. <laughs> we were making each other cry. 
<laughs> telling each other our stories. Uh, so I so appreciate you being on today. I'm going to start crying. <laughs> but it's been really great you sharing everything, especially being so vulnerable. And I, I'm assuming that everything is going really well for you now, you know, and <laughs> that you're, you're no longer on this roller coaster and that you're very happy with your body. And you obviously look very healthy. Um, and uh, that your mental health is also stable as well. And, you know, not relying on all of these medications. So, um, but yeah, that's totally medication free, very happy, healthy, stable, and expect to be so. <laughs> yeah. and, you know, there's no shame in taking medications. I don't want anyone to think that it's important to, you know, look at the benefits versus the risks and, and, you know, everybody has to make their own decisions about things. And so, Absolutely. yeah, it's just that, many people always ask us about that. And that's what I, what I'm speaking to here. So, so yeah, I really appreciate um, you, your time and your story and, uh, and I will, and so tell, tell us, uh, I, I'll definitely have it in the show notes for sure. Tell us how people can find you and where you're located. And, and I think you have something to share for people to download. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So you can find us on detoxrejuvenation.com. And um, that's our little home on the internet. And you can also find us by that name on Instagram and Facebook, Detox Rejuvenation. And we have a free Facebook group that we actually just opened to celebrate our podcast launching. And the podcast name is Detox to Thrive. Nice. And it tackles everything we just touched on today in detail. Yeah. And of course, we're going to have on the lovely Dr. Regina as well. Wonderful. Yeah. And the free Facebook group is called Detox to Thrive Movement. And there's fun things we do inside there just for podcast listeners. So you're welcome to join. Uh Um, And um, yeah, we have actually a few giveaways that are really easy to, you know, find your way to get started. Maybe the one that's most on theme for today is the inner game series that you can sign up for on our website. And that's um, how to get ready for um, deep healing and detox. Mm-hmm. And it's just, yeah, easy, so easy place to start. Where are you actually located on the West Coast? Um, we are in San Diego. San Diego. Okay. All right. So thank you again. And I'm sure we'll cross paths in, in the future. Oh yeah. You're coming on our show now. <laughs> we've got a very complimentary message. We, we got to get this out to the world. So oh, great, great. thanks so much for having me on. You're so welcome. Thank you for listening to this podcast episode. I hope that you will join me in the future. If you are interested in working with me, please go to www.achinasteindo.com to book a discovery call. There you may also download for free the first three chapters of my book. I hope my work enlightens you, gives you hope, and moves you forward on your journey to a better mood and fulfilling life.